welcome to Health Hackers episode 44. Right now I am speaking to you as most of America is under some form of stay-at-home order in response to the COVID-19 outbreak. But in times of diversity and suffering, is it possible to actually grow and in a good way? My special guest today is the eminent award-winning psychologist and author who developed the term post-traumatic growth along with his colleague in the mid-90s. Dr. Richard Tedeschi specializes in bereavement and trauma. He is Professor Emeritus of the University of North Carolina, Charlotte, and holds the position of Distinguished Chair at the Bouldercrest Institute for Post-Traumatic Growth in Virginia. Dr. Tedeschi has been called an icon within his field, and he also acts as a consultant to the American Psychological Association on Trauma and Resilience. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Tedeschi. My pleasure, Gemma. So in the simplest of terms, what is post-traumatic growth? Post-traumatic growth is the, uh, is the positive changes that people often report uh, in the struggle that occurs in the aftermath of traumatic events. And their, um, um, their reports are um, to be taken as an indication that um, in the aftermath of trauma, they have been often surprised by finding things of value that they never anticipated uh, as they're just trying to survive and get through whatever trauma they've experienced. So does it leave a person stronger or more resilient? Ultimately, yes. And when you talk about uh, being more resilient, uh, one of the things that's important to understand is that uh, post-traumatic growth is a pathway towards resilience. Uh, people do become better able to manage traumas in the future because they develop a, a deeper understanding of how to live life well. So you and your colleague, Lawrence Calhoun, created this uh, list that I've heard about, a list of five areas that you use to uh, evaluate whether someone has achieved post-traumatic growth. Can you tell us a bit about the factors on that list? Yes. Um, so I, I'm, Jim, I'm going to be very uh, careful about some of the ways I word things because I want to make sure that people understand uh, this concept and what it is. What it isn't. Um, so um, first of all, uh, I, I think about post-traumatic growth not as an achievement, but as something that we experience and that we continue to engage in throughout life. It's a continuing process. So it's not like we get there, um, but we learn and we develop new ways of living. Um, and, and the five areas that we talk about as these domains or areas of post-traumatic growth weren't things that Lawrence and I dreamed up. They came out of our interviews we did with trauma survivors. So we did these interviews and we recorded them and we transcribed them. And then we analyzed what people were saying to us and took a lot of their quotes that were quotes about this growth and we subjected them to all kinds of statistical analyses. And out of these analyses came these five areas. So we tried to stick closely to what people were telling us because they're really the experts on trauma response. Um, so the five areas that they told us about were the following. Uh, one that you alluded to just a few minutes ago is personal strength. People discovering 
as they go through traumatic events in their aftermath, that they're stronger than they thought they were, um, that they've endured things that maybe before these events, they, they didn't think they could handle, but they've come through them and they've been surprised by their strength. And sometimes they say things like, you know, if I, if I, if I handle this, I can handle anything. Um, so that's one area. A second area is appreciation of life. Um, and this is where people have more gratitude than they had before, where they recognize that life has um, a lot to offer that they might have overlooked before and taken for granted. And so they appreciate often simpler things of life and um, the things that are, um, are, are sort of for free rather than the achievements in life and all that we try to work towards. Uh, so that's the second area. A third area is new possibilities. Uh, this is where people in the aftermath of trauma develop a sense that there are uh, opportunities that they have now that they might not have seen before. And these opportunities come about because so many things have been taken from them or lost that what they do have been doing before they, they can't continue to do. Um, their relationships have changed. Um, you know, they have um, gone through sacrifices. Um, maybe they're physically disabled. Um, there are things that just aren't the same anymore, so they have to go in a different direction, and that opens up new possibilities. Um, another area that people talk, talk about is uh, changes in their relationships with other people. Um, and there's, these changes generally involve um, a, a deeper emotional connection with people, more compassion and empathy for people. As trauma survivors, they realize how hard life can be. They may identify more closely with people who have been through similar kinds of experiences that they have. Um, or maybe they've had people who have been supportive of them and, you know, in that support, they've, they've established a close relationship. Um, and in their vulnerability in the aftermath of trauma, they've been open maybe to receiving help or um, um, being understood by other people. Um, and then the last area, the fifth that we talk about is spiritual and existential growth. And this is where uh, people, um, because of their traumatic experiences, have to confront kind of big questions about living life that they may not have um, taken on before, paid much attention to in a very deliberate way. But now because of whatever trauma they've been through, they might ask the questions of, um, know um, why they've been suffering or why we have to suffer in life uh, or, or or what is what's the point of living through difficulties um, what does it all mean um, maybe they start to address questions about uh, life and death and the afterlife um, this is forcing them to think almost philosophically or theologically in some ways that maybe they didn't pay much attention to before. So these are the five areas that we've, we've heard people talking to us about. If you had to guess, how many of us do you think come through trauma with 
post-traumatic growth? Well, I'm a researcher, so I don't like to guess. <laughs> I like to find the data. Uh, so our data has indicated that when we sample trauma survivors, um, there's, there's some variation in terms of uh, how many will report post-traumatic growth, but generally, um, maybe about half to three quarters uh, in our research samples uh, tend to report this kind of growth. Do those people have anything in common? Is there a certain type of person that's more likely to experience post-traumatic growth? Um, well, uh, one type of person that we've found um, shows more post-traumatic growth or reports it is uh, the person who is open to experience. And this is a, a major personality uh, characteristic that personality researchers have uncovered and described. So uh, those type of people are curious about things. They're open to novelty. Um, they like to explore. Um, so what's tra what trauma has done is basically open a field of... Um, interesting experience, difficult, sometimes miserable, but it's of interest to them. So they kind of delve into it and explore it and, and, they, and they want to know about it. Another type of person that experiences post-traumatic growth or reports it uh, is uh, the person who is extroverted. And I want to make sure that people understand we're not talking about people who are generally just sociable. Um, but we're talking about people who are extroverted also being those who are active in how they cope with things. So they're more likely to try to do something about their situation. Um, and they also have positive emotions. Uh, and so they're more likely to be somewhat optimistic about their futures. Um, so those type of people show more post-traumatic growth as, as well. Um, now, We've also found out that if you look at age, um, people who are in their late adolescence and early adulthood uh, report more post-traumatic growth typically. Uh, and that may be because they're living through a time of life where again, there's a lot of change um, just ordinarily, just normally. Um, and so they're, they're open to growth and change perhaps at that point. And, and people who are much older, uh, maybe they've already um, gone through a lot of difficulties in life and traumatic events, and they've kind of come to terms with a lot of things and developed a lot of resilience. And so uh, traumatic events in life may not surprise them as much and set in motion a, a need to rethink things um, that younger people are, are involved in. Now, Health Hackers viewers watching know that we never give out medical advice and everyone should speak to their own physician or therapist. But in theoretical terms, how might somebody increase their chances of growing positively after a traumatic experience if they were to take into account your research and findings? Well, one of the most important things for them to do is not to avoid the difficulty that they're in. Uh, avoidance strategies lead people to do things like um, not talk about it, uh, get into substance abuse in order to numb themselves. Um, avoidance strategies generally are not very helpful. Uh, so instead, they're going to have to face up to their uh, trauma for what it is and 
come to accept the reality of what has happened. Um, and that's, that's, again, no easy thing to do. And it may take some time, but that's something that's important. They also would, would do well to uh, try to find people who are good listeners and who want to understand what they're going through and who are going to be with them for the long haul in the aftermath of trauma. Um, so these kind of people we've, we've described as expert companions, people who are companions on the journey after trauma, but are really expert at doing so. Um, and so these kind of people uh, will be there for you and not simply give you uh, pat answers to things, uh, simplistic advice, um, and they'll recognize that what you're going through is, is a very difficult time and um, they allow you the time, that patience with you uh, to continue to stick by you through all of this. So finding expert companions is really, really useful. Another thing that people can do is to recognize the um, examples of post-traumatic growth that are around them, uh, that there are a lot of people who they might know or at least have heard of. I appreciate that post-traumatic growth seems to be dependent on what you do after the trauma. But I wonder, is there anything that we can do before or during a traumatic moment that would help us to better deal with it? It is certainly useful um, that people are watching what we're talking about here together listening to this um, so that they know that there's possibilities for growth in the aftermath of trauma. I've talked to so many people who are trauma survivors and been to psychologists or psychiatrists or counselors, and the focus has been on their symptoms and how they're struggling and what's wrong with them. And they've been diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder or something like that. And that's all they hear about. And they, and they tell me, well, we never, nobody's ever asked us about how we might be doing well or how we've changed in a positive way. Um, so when I ask about those kinds of questions, people are surprised and sometimes a little curious about themselves and they start to explore that and realize these possibilities and how they're changing. So people are listening to this um, conversation between the two of us are learning that these things are possible. And because of that, they're going to be somewhat better equipped uh, in the aftermath of traumatic events in their future to think, talk, and you know, you know, maybe maybe I have to be on the watch for some ways I'm going to grow in the aftermath of this thing, even though early on they're just going to be in survival mode and they may not think think too much about growth possibilities. It's good for that to be in the back of their minds. So that's certainly one thing. Um, if they can cultivate good relationships with other people who, who can be their expert companions in the aftermath of trauma, um, that will be helpful for them when the time comes. If you find yourself as a companion and someone you know, a close friend, has just gone through a trauma, is there a way to broach the subject of post-traumatic growth with them? Is there a way of asking 
can anything positive come from what you're going through? Yes, you know, the way you, you just pose that question, um, can anything positive come from what you're going through, is an excellent question. That's a good way to ask it. But you have to be sensitive uh, about the timing of this. So um, early on in the aftermath of trauma is usually not the time to ask that kind of question or talk about these things. Some time has to pass. So for example, um, I, I did work for 25 years with a nonprofit organization that worked with bereaved families, mostly parents whose children had died. And I would not suggest to a bereaved parent that something good can come from the death of their child. They would find that to be offensive. Um, so instead, you have to listen for signs that maybe something good is happening and talk about those things, but not talk about it in terms of what the trauma has done. There's nothing good about the death of one's child. The good comes not from the trauma, but from what you do afterwards. So you refer not to the trauma itself, but to how the person is handling it and how the person is operating the aftermath of it. So I would say to the bereaved parent somewhere along the lines, I'd say something like, you know, I notice that your friendships seem to be deeper than they were before. And the way you are relating to other people is, is different. Have you noticed that about yourself? And they might say, oh, yes. And, and they might go on themselves and start talking about how they realize things about the importance of relationships and the importance of connection. Um, and, and so we talk about that, but we don't talk about it in terms of um, the fact that their child died has necessarily led them to this. So expert companions are very sensitive to how they word things. Um, and when they bring up certain sorts of topics. Um, so there's, there's a lot of tact and sensitivity that goes into to helping in the aftermath of, of trauma. Have you used the findings of your work in your own personal life? Well, I, I hope so. And I hope that um, at the, in the times further on down the road where I experienced traumatic events, I can... Um, I can use what I've learned from other trauma survivors and what they've taught me. Um, I feel like I'm a, their student and people have taught me about what it's like to go through uh, trauma and its aftermath. And um, I can apply some of these things. Uh, I know what the process looks like. And I'll have to encourage myself to go through the process of post-traumatic growth, which involves uh, doing things like uh, regulating my emotions, you know, I meditate and do things like that. So that's very helpful. Um, and, and, and making sure I can calm my thinking when it's under a lot of duress um, so that I can think straight about what I'm going to do next and how to, re to reflect on this experience. And I know the kinds of outcomes that can happen in these five areas so I can cultivate um, some of those changes in myself. So I hope maybe uh, the people who are listening to this conversation can learn about this and, and do the same for themselves too. 
And for those people watching and listening right now, worrying about the uncertainty of being in the midst of a pandemic, um, is there anything else you would want them to keep in mind right now to help them get past this in, in the best, most positive way? Well, of course, none of us at this point that where we're having the conversation now uh, know exactly how this is all going to turn out, but I can, um, I'm confident in the fact that it's, it's time limited. We're not sure exactly what the time looks like, but it's time limited. Uh, we're going to get to the other side of this and there are going to be changes that we'll, we'll notice in ourselves and how we live as a result of this. And I think we have to be good at uh, recognizing that some of these changes will be uh, potentially positive. And, and I think right now in the midst of it, uh, we can be looking at some of the things we're doing differently, some of the things we're feeling, uh, the ways we're relating, and find that there are some positive things in there already. Um, so I think you have to pay attention in a different way rather than just be uh, fearful and anxious and uncertain. You have to pay attention to the things that may be going right or maybe things that you want to continue to do even after all this is past us. Have you already observed some potential positives that could come out of this in the long term? Well, you know, I have a lot of clients that I work with and we've been talking a lot about how to handle all this. So there's a lot of individual variation. But some of the things that people have talked about um, have struck me as potential positives. And um, so, for example, I, I think that many of us had much more respect for the people that we're counting on to help us through this that are ordinary people that we don't pay attention to. Uh, we are dependent upon the people who are uh, providing our food, uh, who are working in the grocery stores, who are doing deliveries. People who are doing just that basic stuff, maybe we just take them for granted too much and now we're dependent on them. I think we have much more respect for our healthcare workers. Everybody in clinics and hospitals are putting themselves on the line. Um, and, and I think if you give it a, just a little bit of thought to it, um, you know, we've already always also have to respect the people who are cleaning, cleaning all the places that we go and, and these medical centers and whatnot. People who do those kinds of dirty jobs. I think we're much more respectful, perhaps of people in these kinds of circumstances. And maybe we're spending more time together kind of huddled up in our homes. And some of us are enjoying um, how we're more connected with one another and not distracted by all these activities that we might have got involved in in the past. Those kinds of things can happen. Maybe we're uh, cooking more and we're uh, finding ourselves uh, better able to make some good meals. I mean, there's all kinds of possibilities in this. So we have to be good at paying attention to how we can handle this well and what's working well for us and, and who is doing, uh, the, the people that are doing remarkable things to help us through this. When you look back over your career to date, what has surprised you the most about your findings and your work? Well, I'm always surprised by how remarkable people are. Again, I feel like I'm a student uh, learning from people who go through trauma 
Um, you know, in my current position at Bouldercrest, we work with uh, veterans uh, who have post-traumatic stress disorder and similar kinds of, of problems due to uh, combat uh, stress and injury. And I'm just amazed by these men and women who come to our program and uh, what they're able to to become uh, in the aftermath of the events that they've experienced and seen and what they do with our, our help in the program. And in, in my work, I, you know, I see people who have experienced all kinds of traumas. Um, and I'm just really impressed by ordinary people who come through this and are able to show us and teach us better how to live life well. And they're, they're heroes to me. And um, that's what's been so surprising to me, how many of, the, uh, of those people are out there. Uh, we don't uh, pay close enough attention to people. And when we do, we hear these stories, we hear a lot. Well, that's inspirational for all of us to hear. Thank you very much for talking to me today, Dr. Tedeschi. Thank you very much. I enjoyed it. And I appreciate your questions that I was able to, to, uh, to respond to. And I hope people have... Uh, learn something useful for themselves. If people want to read more about you, where, where can they find you online? Well, one of the best places I think would be to go to the Bouldercrest website. So that's bouldercrestinstitute.org, bouldercrestinstitute.org. And we've just published a new book just came out last month called Transformed by Trauma, Stories of the Post-Traumatic Growth. So, those are some interviews and stories of people who show us the way towards post-traumatic growth. So that's a good resource through Bouldercrest as well. Fantastic. And Health Hackers viewers and listeners, I shall post these links to the website and the book on the summary text that goes with the video and the podcast. And if you like this episode of Health Hackers, I would love it if you subscribe on YouTube or Apple Podcast. I always love hearing your feedback. Thank you again, Dr. Tedeschi. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. Stay safe.